Hello, everybody. I have another subject in mind for the coming messages. So after this one, we're going to temporarily leave this particular subject. However, before we do so, I want us to consider the most important exemplar of faith. In fact, the perfect example. And that is, of course, Jesus. Hebrews 12 and verse 1 and 2 say this. Seeing we are also surrounded with so great a cloud of testimony bearers, that is, those mentioned in chapter 11, some of which we've already spoken about, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily ensnare us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of faith, who... For the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. When we Christians have our faith tested, where do we look? Well, we do well to look at some of the believers we know or have heard or read about of recent years, uh, and that encourages us to trust and not to be afraid. And then we do what Scripture instructs us to do. We read Hebrews chapter 11, and we have begun to do that, as you know, over the past uh, few messages, where over and again the chapter tells us about those, who, those men and women who endured such naturally impossible situations and overcame by faith in God's promises. But greater than these is the benefit, blessing and strength received when we look unto Jesus. Because he is the one whose faith was tested in a greater way than any other person could possibly have been tested. And incidentally, it's interesting to notice it's Jesus, the name given at his birth, the name of his manhood, the name of his earthly life, if you like. Please don't ask me to explain how it is that the eternal God, who was manifest in flesh, was born in Bethlehem, lived among us a perfect man, moving in absolute faith and dependence and obedience to his Father in heaven, and died upon a cross to be our Saviour. It's beyond human understanding. It's a divine mystery. But we believe it with all our heart. It is the actual, absolute fundamentals of the Christian faith. Scripture calls him in this chapter the author <clears throat> and the finisher of faith. He is, of course, the author and finisher of our faith. But these verses are talking about his faith. He is the author. It means he is the originator, the origin, if you like, the captain, the prince, the chief leader. In other words, the one who is out in front, who leads his faithful band of followers. But he's also the finisher. It means the completer, the perfecter the consummator. In other words, he's left nothing undone. 
There's nothing that could have been added. His example is total, complete and perfect in every possible way. And it goes on to say, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. Looking down upon the shame as though it was something not worthy of consideration. But when we think of him enduring the physical sufferings, and remember that he knew beforehand exactly what they would do to him, facing the hatred and unimaginable cruelty of those who inflicted every worst pain and suffering known to mankind upon him. But more, infinitely more than that, he endured the forsaking of his God as he became accountable for the sin of the world and my personal sins in his own body on the tree, on the cross. And it was in obedience to his Father's will that he, as the scripture says, he became obedient unto death, that is, right up to death, and that, the death of the cross. We've seen many times before that faith and obedience are two sides of the same coin. They're inseparable and coexistent. Here is the one person who pleased God absolutely. Those in chapter 11 They pleased God by their faith, but they were failures in many other respects. But here was one who pleased God absolutely, completely, perfectly. And scripture bears testimony from before creation, in the eternal ages, before ever he came, at his coming to Bethlehem, in his obscure years in Nazareth, throughout the public three-plus years of ministry and teaching, at and on the cross, in resurrection and in his ascension to the right hand of the throne of God, as we've just read. And scripture goes on to say that the pleasure of the Lord shall continue to prosper in his hand. I take it that means the things that will yet happen in the future, the tribulation, the millennium, etc. In each of these phases of his unique and lovely life and service, Scripture bears testimony to the pleasure God had in his Son. Isn't that beautiful? And we have seen that without faith, it is impossible to please him. To please God, that is. And you remember what the Lord Jesus could say, I do always those things that please the Father. How beautiful, what a delight God had in his Son as he moved here amongst men. And I just want to say, beware any who are tottering on the brink of forsaking Christ. Because it says this, The just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. Rejecting what you've professed, dear professing Christian, but perhaps not possessing eternal life, 
It's the most dangerous thing that anyone can do to go back. In our Western world, we know little or nothing about persecution and suffering for our faith. But the way things are deteriorating, it may not be long before this country joins many, many others. There are so many Christians whose faith is being tested to the point of death at this very moment. There are thousands of Christians imprisoned and being murdered for their faith all around the world at this very time. The media, of course, are just not interested. Our verse says, For the joy that was set before Jesus, he endured the cross, despising the shame. What was that joy? The joy of finishing the work the Father had given him to do. The joy of presenting his bride to himself in that coming day. The joy that each individual believer will be there in his presence eternally. Because remember this, he loves you. He loves me personally, individually. The Son of God loved me and gave himself for me. Isn't that beautiful? Before I close, I just want to quote one verse of a hymn, such a beautiful hymn. He and I in that bright glory, one deep joy shall share, mine to be forever with him, his that I am there. Will you be part of his forever joy? I trust you will. God bless his word to you today.